welcome to Something for the Turbo, the new weekly podcast brought to you by Unfound, the global platform for the travel-loving cyclist. Welcome to the show. Thank you all so much for listening. If you haven't yet, please do subscribe to the podcast and make sure you're spreading the word as well. Tell all your cycling friends, club mates, teammates, your Sunday roll, coffee companions, post it on social media, scream it from the rooftops. We really appreciate all your help in spreading the word. Today's episode is supported by Alp Cycles for all your alpine cycling experiences. And I'm joined by Catalina Anis Sotocampos, who is a Chilean cyclist and a rising superstar in the women's sport. We discuss her journey from racing track in Santiago, Chile, to racing for the UCI's World Cycling Centre, which is an initiative to support up-and-coming talent from smaller federations. Her journey is a fascinating one. She has some truly brilliant stories. She's had some fantastic results at junior level and in her first year riding under 23 and elite, she's also had an incredible result at Omloop earlier this year. So we discuss her journey to today. She's still only 19 years old, so she's got big ambitions, huge talent, and we very much look forward to supporting her over the coming years. But without further ado, please let me introduce you to Catalina. Good morning, Catalina. How are you? Good morning. Good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for joining us. Thank you very much for giving the time. I understand you're, you're down in Melbourne at the moment, are you? Yeah, I am. I live here with my family since five years ago. So here I am. Thank you very much for taking the time to join us. You've got a fascinating story thus far in your career already, although it's only just sort of really getting going. But I was really keen to get an understanding as to how you got into cycling, how you ended up in Switzerland and Melbourne. And yeah, how, how did things start for you in, in Chile? Well, um, Tell us about your background. Yeah, my family is not very active as in sports, so I don't come from a cycling family. I do have an uncle that uh, loves basketball, and my mom used the bike just to move around, so just as, as transport, really. And we started yeah. doing this, like, bunch local rides, which will be at night. They weren't really anything serious. They were just, you know, right around the city. The roads were closed, and you could just enjoy riding your bike, so... That's how I started. And then I got more into the fixie riding, if ma- if that makes sense. This was in Santiago, was it? This is yeah, in, this you, is in Santiago. in Santiago. Yeah. Yeah. So I got into the fixie bike and we met a group of people that rode on the velodrome. We started going there. That's... That's how it started. I started training more and then I decided to race nationals as an under 13. I won it. So I just, you know wanted to keep enjoying the bike so I was pretty good at it so and I was having fun too so I didn't see why not you know just to keep going yeah excellent and you had a supreme success at, at sort of age group nationally didn't you you've won I think is it 13 national titles is that correct yeah I've won 13 national titles but most of them are just junior so I have I don't have an elite title which is something that I really want to get now that's on the to-do list <laughs> yeah it's in the to-do list but um yeah so I started riding more in Chile and doing more competition I got into yeah. the road probably two years later when after I started track cycling so if I give you probably 2014 I started doing growth okay okay and a couple of yeah a couple of years later so you start is there a big track racing scene in in Chile is it growing quickly are there a lot of people doing it or it's still quite a, a small sport no, it's it's still a small sport. I'm not. Sh- I wasn't very aware of how big it was maybe before, but from memory and what I've seen, it's so it's always been a small sport. So yeah, but there was a velodrome, the only velodrome in Chile 
uh, was in the city where I lived in Santiago. So, you know, it was massive that I could go in it. And then we had, we, they built a indoor velodrome too. So, you know, things get pretty exciting and yeah. So I just kept doing it. Oh, fantastic. And the indoor velodrome that's been built now, that's finished? Yeah, yeah, it's been finished. They've held uh, Pan-, uh, Pan American Championships, South American Championships and Games. So, yeah, it's uh, I-, I think it's probably four years old now, the track, if I'm not wrong. Okay, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Excellent, excellent. So I took takeaway there. So obviously you said you then started riding on the road after a couple of years. There's a... It's obviously Chile's a spectacularly beautiful country, but talk us through the sort of the cycling there is an offer in Chile and some of the road cycling that you were doing. Yeah, so well, there's uh, not much competition really for girls that are 14 years old, so 13, 14, and so there was I I did this race, which was the most important race for me. It was like school schools championship, so all schools will compete to represent their region, and then you or, or I guess like state in Chile and then you race like a super big event with as a team and that's how I thought oh I actually really like road but I wasn't obviously I wasn't very committed to it because I was 14 so like I will sometimes miss training or like the official training and you know go out with my friends and things like that but when we got to competition I kind of they gave us the opportunity to you know eat food all together as a team boys and girls and just we stayed in a hotel for like a week and we did a team time trial a criterium and a road race so it was like my first experience on the road and I, I was really fascinated by it I think that yeah, also yeah, yeah. like lighter sparked on road cycling like wow, this is really fun. And then my coach at the time, he will say, you know, track and roll, actually, they complement each other really well. So you don't have to choose. And I thought, oh, sweet, then I'll do both. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. You had success, success on the road as well. And very quickly, I mean, because you, when did you, how did the World Cycling Centre with the UCI, how did that come about? Well, I moved to Australia and the racing scene here for girls between 18 and 16, it's actually big and there's a lot of competition. So when I got okay. here, I did like, you know, a little bit of strength, I guess, but I did I did really well in junior tours in the state. So I remember my first race, um, you know, in Chile, going to leave overseas was is, is something crazy. Like it's such a massive opportunity. And well, I didn't look at it like that at yeah. the time, you know. I oh, sorry, I didn't realise you went to Australia first. So how old were you when you went to, to Melbourne and how come that move came about? So we got we came to Australia because both my parents what well, my stepdad and my mom, they got on a scholarship to study in Melbourne Uni. Oh, you know cool. okay. Well I I, at the time, I didn't really want to come because I had all my friends, you know, school, and I was just getting to cycling as like meeting more people and, you know, making my own my own space. And yeah, I, you could say yeah. like, I was four, uh, 14 yeah. turning oh, wow. 15. Okay, so yeah, horrific time to move a yeah. huge way around the world. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't speak any well. English at all, like no English. I remember I was failing my English class back in Chile, so everything was just a shock. It was yeah. crazy for me. But my parents were actually very comprehensive, so they found a cycling club here, which is the Brunswick Cycling Club, and I'm still part of it. 
and yeah, they cool. made sure you know I got to the track I did some training we lived in a place where you know I could ride my bike safely so it was it was actually they tried to make it as nice as possible even though I hated it I think I struggled probably for months months I was like oh I don't want to be here. I don't speak the language. Like going to the track down at Brunswick, we will have uh, Alf, which was an old coach. And I did not get a word of what he said because he had first Australian accent and then he was also very old. So, you know, I did not understand anything of what he said. What were the efforts? What were the efforts we had? So I just looked at people, what they were doing. And then I just looked at them and yeah. <laughs> just Trying to figure know, it out. Yeah, that, that was it. But, I had really good people by my side at the time too. So at Brunswick, people would talk slowly to me. And back at my school, my teachers would help me improve on my English. So yeah, since then, like when I started learning, I can't stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow, what, a, what a transition. That must have made it hard. And did you feel during that time where it must have been quite quite scary and and you must have had some pretty frustrating days sort of uh, arriving in Melbourne. Did you find that getting out on your bike was a, a nice release or a nice escape from, you know, having to learn English from scratch and settle into a new country? Yeah, well, I th I felt like riding the bike was the most familiar thing that I could do back here. So, you know, alone with no friends and with such a time difference, I couldn't stay awake until late or wake up super early to talk to my Chilean friends. So riding the bike yeah. was just like a nice way to kind of go back home in a way. Yes, yeah. I know what you mean. Coming to Australia actually helped me figure out how much I like cycling and because there was more competition in the for girls between the age of uh, 14 and 16. And I did okay. my first tour, like junior tour here in Victoria. And the club gave me a, like a brand new kit to wear it. And then I did really well. So I think I got second overall, which, you know, as a 14 year old, you think you're winning the Tour de France or something. So I'm like, oh, yes, I'm so good at this. I'm going to keep training. And yeah, so I um, going back here gave me, I guess, not, it is, like it didn't show me, you know, you're meant to do cycling, but I just thought it's so it's, it's something so familiar to me, and there's so much competition here that you know you just stick to it and try to win races, get like you know spend your time doing this sport that you like. Yeah, and that's interesting you say that. I mean, I think do you think having that depth of competition in Australia is one of the reasons they have or they produce such phenomenal athletes. You know, had you never moved to Melbourne, do you think you would have had the opportunities that you've had since you got to Australia? Yeah, moving to Melbourne was life-changing because, I, I mean, I I think if I would have stayed in Chile, I would probably, you know, keep riding, but I would have never, like, uh, focused. So I probably got would have been lost between 14 and 16 doing just small races, focusing on school and like, you know, I'll probably, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think I would be riding really. So Melbourne no, coming exactly. to it would Australia, have just been... yeah, shaped the way I want, I saw cycling in my life in a way. Yeah. It's such a key development age for an athlete as well, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So it was, yeah, like at the time I hated it, but now I look back and I'm just like, there's no way I could pay back both uh, my stepdad and my mom for bringing me here. 
<laughs> and so the last couple of years you've been with the World Cycling Centre in Switzerland, is that correct? How, yeah. how did that come about? Yeah, so um, I did the South American Games, which was the first time I represented Chile at a like international stage, I guess. And yeah. It's a it's a pretty funny story. So I it was like the first time I kind of focused to train for the ultimate goal, which was you know track track and roll in the the youth South American Games in Chile in my hometown, so Santiago. So all my friends will see me. I was gonna represent my country for oh, wow. the first time. It was it's a, it was a big deal for me at the time. I mean, it was it still is. Like if that happened today, I would be like, oh my god, yes, I've got to train. So I talked to Cam, which was a guy, he's um, a coach from the Brunswick Cycling Club. I talked to my mom and I was like, you know, I'm full. I want to, I want to do this. I want to get back and be the best and train hard and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So I I put in the hard work and it was, it wasn't too long. And, you know, you're, you're also a junior, so you're living, you know, your teenage years in school and parties, but also, you know, you want, you want to really focus on, on the ultimate goal, which was the games. And yeah. when the time comes, I go to Chile to represent, uh, to race. And I have a crash on the second day I'm in it. I'm back in Chile and I break my collarbone no. so two weeks before the event. So I was devastated. No. Yeah, I was devastated. I was 16. And, you know, like, oh. for you, it's like the end of the world. Like, I was just lying in bed and my auntie, she was like, you know, just just don't do anything. But all I wanted to do was, you know, get a, a, a set of rollers, trying to reach the handlebars and did like 15 minutes, 15 to 20 minutes per day because I thought, nah, I'm going to race. Like, there's no way I did all that for for nothing, like just to lie here in bed. I remember I had a chat to my uncle who is a basketball coach living in Germany now. And he told me, like, you know, take it easy. Like, if you really want to do it, you'll do it. But take it easy. Like, don't push too much and don't don't fight with my family because I was really angry. I don't know why with them, but they were actually helping me a lot. So I guess I didn't know how to really oh, handle have... the situation. So just quickly to interject. So you, you got to Chile and then you broke the collarbone. How long before the games was that? Two weeks. Two weeks before, oh no, that's just heartbreaking. Yeah, absolutely heartbreaking. I was really fortunate to have an awesome auntie. I mean, I guess an awesome family, and they asked for time off work. We went to every hospital and clinic in Santiago. Actually, everyone said, "No, nah, you can't. You can't have surgery. There's no ways." And, you know, you hear this every single day. And I started losing hope, but I kept riding in the roller. So this is probably a week in. And then we actually found this doctor. You're riding on rollers with a broken collarbone. Yeah. So I, I, want, oh. I was going to race. <laughs> in my mind, I was going to race. <laughs> okay. And, um, and the, the rollers, not the servo. Oh, yeah. It's like the, the, the one where you put the wheel on no you take the back wheel off and you just put the frame you're on the rollers <laughs> no, no i thought you're on the uh the broken collarbone i thought that really would have been mad i mean chances of me getting a broken collarbone would yeah be you would have crashed again yeah. yeah 
No, it was the one. Um, yeah, the the turbo. Sorry. <laughs> We're going to set that because that seems incredibly crazy. But yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Okay, so you're just riding every day, broken collarbone. Yeah, and then a week before we found the surgeon in a very expensive clinic in Chile, but he he asked me uh, what happened to me, and I said I broke my collarbone and I came to you know uh, race the South American Games and. Everyone is just saying, "I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be able to race. I just need to wait three weeks or four weeks until my collarbone is recovered." And he, he actually told me, "If you're gonna race the South American Games, what, what are you doing with the cast?" And I'm like, "I don't know." Like they told me to wear it, and then he's like, "Nah, you have surgery tomorrow. We wow. do a surgery to you, put a plate on your shoulder, and you'll be fine. You'll be on the track in two days." And I was like, "Oh, thank you so much." <laughs> Like with my auntie and my grandma, which the two of them came with me to every single clinic and hospital, we were all crying because we were like, oh my God, yes, we're going to be able, to, I mean, you're going to be able to race and represent you. So we called the national coach and he's like, cool, just let, let me know. And the whole thing started. So I had surgery. Then, you know how games have like a ceremony at the start? So there's like a big yeah. stage people singing. I was able to go there after my surgery. And, no way. and like my teammates um, took really good care of me, like, you know, trying to push people away because it's pretty crowded. Uh, so no one touched yeah. me. And then the next day I was like, all right, I'm going to get on the track. I have to go on the track now. And the coach told me to take it really easy. So I was going to race the Omnium and the individual pursuit on the track and then the road race on the road later, later in the week. And Chile had like a physio for the team, like Team Chile had a physio and they thought I was crazy and just everyone took so much care of me. So I didn't do much. I just rode the bike and then I didn't change chain rings or like put my numbers on or fixing. I didn't fix a bike or uh, I didn't do any anything extra. And my coach told me, you, we don't have to push her now. Like whatever it's whatever uh, work you did back in Australia, it's what you have now. So let's just stay with that. And yeah. well, I was just super excited. I was, I was going to represent Chile. But then when the race when the race came, I actually did really well. So I didn't expect to to be top five. I just thought, you know, I'm just going to give a show. I'm at home. I'll just do what I can with what I have. Like, that's it. But I ended up doing really well. So I took two gold medals and then a third place in the road right. race. And it was just crazy. And that's... Um, this is an unbelievable. Just had surgery just a matter of days before. Yeah, that's the craziest thing. So, uh, someone in from Argentina knew a Spanish coach, a Spanish coach who was okay. a coach at the center, and they were having a training camp in Argentina in November. So this was in August, and there was a training camp for like detecting talent in South America to go to to Switzerland to the World Cycling Center. And because yes, I had yeah. I had great like I guess I had great success, or I did get two gold medals. They told me they told me you should go, and and then from that it started. So I went to the training camp in November, 
with the help of everyone uh, back here in Australia, uh, because it is really expensive to, you know, travel back and forth to Australia and South America. <laughs> so we got a lot yeah. of help from my team, my mom, and I mean, my family was really supportive, which, you know, like a 16 year old doing all this weird stuff. But, you know, they were the whole time with me. And then in Argentina, we had, um, it was two weeks. And it was, again, awesome. I loved it. So it was road and track. There was people from all South America, even Central American, and people from the Caribbean. And yeah. I had so much fun. We had some power testing that uh, I remember they told me, you have to go really, really hard. And I actually passed out <laughs> because they told me there's no limit. Just push. <laughs> and then whatever number you get, it's it's your number. And I thought, all right. And I probably pushed too much we did some track <laughs> we did some track testing and well for me what I remember it was just you know after training having dinner with everyone there uh, people from Argentina from Bolivia Venezuela Paraguay all these different cultures I just thought oh my god this is just amazing this is like a, a dream <laughs> and I just had all these beautiful opportunities given to me that year that I just, and the way I could just ride my bike, it was, it was pretty awesome. So yeah. then after all, all this crazy stuff happened, I came back to Australia and I just did the local racing, living the dream. And on January, if I'm not wrong, we get the invitation later to go to the World Cycling Center for as a junior. And I was just over the moon. So, <laughs> Sorry. So for those people listening that don't know what the World Cycling Centre is, can you give people a quick overview in terms of what it is and how it works? It's, uh, how could I say? It's like, I guess it's like a training centre where there's yeah. all types of cycling are involved. So BMX, mountain bike, road, track, cyclocross is now and flat, no, flat BMX, I think it's called too. And they develop riders from nations that don't have much, that don't have such a strong cycling system, I guess, or federations. Yeah, the infrastructure is not there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the World Cycling Center has a velodrome in Egu, has beautiful roads because it's based in Switzerland, has a BMX track, has yeah. has a gym, has, you know, we we can use their bikes and there's mechanics and you, you are getting coached by professional coaches so it's it's a huge opportunity to actually get invited i knew Absolutely. there was a guy from chile that got invited to a few years a few years ago and he did really well at tour de la Venir. so i knew that if i was getting invited it was because they saw something on me and i was not gonna waste the opportunity yeah absolutely well we could we've seen so far that you're, you're pretty deserving so i'm sure you weren't gonna waste the opportunity <laughs> but but you also you to race right you you race under the uh world cycling center almost as a team is that correct yeah well this year is actually my first year with them as an under 23 slash elite rider my past two okay. years i did them as a junior so but we did okay. race as a team so the junior development team we took they took us to belgium to france and we did some races with the elite girls at the time too but yeah um yeah i just loved being there and i did have some success as a junior so i think in my first tour which was in belgium i think it's called the international youth belgium tour if i'm not wrong yes we went and our coach Alejandro took us there. And, you know, it's it's amazing because you have 
you know, people working, I guess it sounds weird, but people kind of work for you. So they make sure the bike is all right. You, all you got to do is remember the roads, go full gas and smash it because it's unit racing. So they like the distances aren't very, very long, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, so as a junior, I ha I think I had um a, f- uh, a lot of success in in Europe, being from from Chile. But yeah, in my first tour, the Belgian youth tour, Belgian international. Oh, I forgot the name. <laughs> I did we'll podium overall. <laughs> so my coach was like, Amazing. "Oh, this is really cool," and I was over the moon too because it was my first race in Europe and. I won a stage and then I got into the podium and I was just so happy. And again, I was in Belgium <laughs> and, you know, I'd never saw myself as a 17 year old in racing bikes in Belgium. And I thought, oh my God, yeah. this, is just, this is just amazing. Amazing. <laughs> I was just so, so happy. Yeah. And do, you, do you think having made that move from Chile to Melbourne made the transition to going to spend sort of months on end in, in Europe a little bit easier? You know, you've made that, you've made a big life change once, the second time's a little bit easier? Oh, yeah. Um, I think it has a huge impact on how, you know, I deal with missing home when I'm in Europe. So I'm totally alone when I'm in Europe. So no family uh, no friends, I mean, that I know from before. So, but yeah. the, I was there, I was in that position just a few years ago, back until, I mean, back when I moved to Australia. So it's not a struggle for me. Exactly. Yeah. So in terms of trying to think where we are, we'll come on to this year because obviously with everything that's going on, it's been a bit of a disturbed year. But so last year you had another successful year as a as a junior didn't you including in lighting up the uh the world as well in Harrogate you enjoyed that race oh yeah I did I I have really funny memories of it because you know you never I mean the the whole plan was you gotta be at the front so Chile because it's ranked last in the junior like junior ranks like the national junior ranks yeah I was last in the in the start at the start line and then in the oh I forget the name when when this you start but the neutral zone you know you have like probably a hundred and fifty girls and I'm yeah. last and I gotta make it to the front <laughs> in I think it was actually a long time but it's just hectic like the girls in junior racing they do not care what happens they just go and I did not want to crash yeah. so I just thought all right the plan was. You fi- you start at the back, but you finish at the front. So that was the whole plan. And then fighting positions the whole time. So I actually, I am proud of myself from that race that I stick to the front. But when we got in the breakaway, I had no idea what to do. I was like, oh my God, I never actually thought I was going to be in a break. So yeah. <laughs> I, it kind of collapsed a little bit. Uh, and that's why if you see in the yeah. video, I don't do any work at the start because I'm like, nah, they're going to catch us. Like this, this breakaway is not going to last. And then yeah. I came to senses. I was like, I'm already here. I better, you know, if I'm going to be in a breakaway, I must commit to it a hundred percent. I'm wasting energy just being on this wheel. So I might as well, you know, give a hundred percent, give it a 110% because it's yeah. the world championships. And exactly. I knew, and you did. I knew that. There was a steep hill before the, the the end, 
and I knew this is where I could attack because I kind of like climbing, even though if I'm not the best at it. I love short, steep climbs. So I thought, all right, I'll yeah, just yeah. push it here. But then, yeah, I got caught. But but yeah, it was a it was a good race. <laughs> oh, great! Yeah, it was entertaining to watch. And and what what other what other good results did you have last year? Oh, I did some races in France. Oh, I I raced nationals in my country, and I raced the Fixie Crit in Australia, which I won. So I guess I won three national titles last year. Oh no, this year! Amazing! Wow! And then this year, I'm getting confused. no. Sorry, I'm getting so, confused too. Last, last year. year. <laughs> <laughs> last year. And this year, so this year you then graduated to under twenty, under twenty three. You've been racing, right? And how did the year start for you? This year. Yeah. Well, it was actually a very relaxed start of the year. I did do some World Cups uh, later in the season. Last year, we uh, okay. with the World Cycling Center. So the coach, yeah. uh, he told me, look, have some time off because you've been full on the, full, the whole year. And I think it will be nice if you just enjoy your family, Christmas, New Year's. And I thought, all right, I'll do it. Like, easy. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But it Christmas. wasn't as it wasn't yeah. so easy though because it's it's summer. You come back to your country and all your friends are cycling related, and then you go back to. Chile. I went to Chile, back to Chile with my family for Christmas and New Year, and yeah. again, all my friends are cycling related. So I thought, oh my god, like I just want to ride my bike. I tried to be really good, but they say three weeks off, and I took two, and I started getting into riding in the third week, but not much, and then. Yeah, I was getting really excited because I was going to be under 23 elite and I knew at some point in the season I was going to race with, you know, Anamik, Van uh, I'm sorry, Brody May, which are like superstars that I've admired when I was, I mean, in the past two years. So I just thought, all right, I just got to train really hard. And being back in Chile was actually really fun to start training because I was with all my friends. Chile is such a beautiful country. So I just, Every time I was on now, the Kathleen, bike. I want to know. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about the cycling in Chile. From Santiago, you can go straight out onto quiet roads. What's it like? I know there's beautiful mountains there. How far away are they? What, tell us a little bit about the cycling that's on offer in Chile. Yeah, well, um, it's at least in Santiago. I'm going to talk for Santiago. You have the Andes uh, next to you, which is a mountain ridge that you can climb up to 3,000 meters if you want. You have... In the south, you can actually go into like a little valley, which is up and down the whole time with some punchy hills, and you can do endless yeah. kilometers. Like you, the the pavement road, paved road finishes, but then there's gravel, and you can just keep going. You can do a lot of case, and then in the actual city, there's like a little climb. If not, I'm pretty sure it's five case, and yeah, a lot of people commute a lot on their bikes. A lot of people go up this climb in the middle of the city. But in the past years, there's been a lot of teams, like um, amateur teams developing. So it's actually, yeah. I, I feel like it has grown a lot in the more, in like the Fixie kind of side, which is actually nice. There's a lot of people that from Fixie, they go to the road and they're really strong because on the Fixie, you never stop pedaling. So yeah, of course. Like going into the road, you're just super strong. And so, yeah, the, there's a lot of group uh, bunch rides 
there's there's a lot of more women too that they're not my age they're a bit older but still like being a bunch and see, knowing that there's more women you're not the only one it's actually a kind of not a relief but you just like you feel like you actually deserve not deserve but you feel in the right place sometimes when there's too many boys you're like oh am I supposed to be here but yeah so this change was actually really nice to see and to be part of too yeah so I, I cut you off there so you, you got you got riding again with your friends out there over, over the Christmas you managed two weeks off the bike and then when did how did this year start yeah so then I went to Europe in February which is you know I, it was summer down here in Chile and Australia and then I have to go to Europe which is freezing cold <laughs> and but I just we the first day we got there, the the team took us to the snow. So the World Cycling Center they took us to the snow, and again you get to it's something that I feel like cycling gives you. Seeing uh, there was a few people that I knew from the years before, but then I met all my teammates, and you know meeting new people and having you know going to the snow for the first time. The first day you're all together It's actually pretty nice, a nice way to to know each other and I was a bit scared of being like for the first time ever being part of a team if it makes sense like before yeah I was at the center and there were other juniors but it wasn't in a paper like it didn't say continent women's continental continental team and now I was actually really nervous I thought oh my god I'm gonna ride with these girls we're gonna race with tactics and you know suffering in races the whole year like I don't know. I it's something you gotta like know where to put yourself. I guess when you're part of a team, I didn't want to think it too much either. But um, yeah, change the dynamic, doesn't it? Because obviously you got to prepare yourself as an individual, as an athlete. But then the dynamic, the team dynamic, changes things a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And I thought I was prepared for it, but obviously you're not. Like you're never prepared for these things. Like you imagine all these different scenarios that can happen. But I actually, when I got there, it was actually really, really nice being with all the girls. I was like, oh, I actually feel like I'm supposed to be here. Like this is the place to be right now at this point. And at least personally, that was, that was kind of a relief because I was really nervous and I made good friends with all of them really. And I just, then we yeah. did a training camp in Portugal and we got to know each other even more. And then yeah. we, got, we got off to racing, which was super exciting. I was so nervous. <laughs> so we did Umdup, the opening weekend, I think they call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm terrible with names. I did two Umdups and Les Amin. You probably know them. And how were they? They were yeah, course, crazy. Yeah, yeah. How did you find it? You... Yeah. Oh, they were crazy. So I knew I... Kind of, I wanted to prepare for it. So a week before the race, I watched a lot of videos and then looked at all the climbs or all the couple sections on Strava. Once I did that, yeah. I just did not worry about what the race was going to be like for a week, for like the week on preparation to it. But on our trip to Belgium, it was snowing, it was raining, it was windy, the van was moving. And I thought, oh my God, this is going to be crazy. This is just going to, I'm going to freeze in here. What am I doing? (laughs) And it was like that. I actually froze myself, my ass off every day, but I loved it. 
the cables, I think I did racing cables before, but this time actually riding them so fast. I remember for the first race, it was raining. It was super windy and it was just so cold, at least for me. Yeah. I just I just say all I thought was, all right, at the end of today, I'm going to be at the hotel having something warm. So I might as well just send it and do whatever I can. And apparently yeah. everyone said it was an awesome result. So I got 38. Anamik won yeah, amazing. two minutes 30 in front of me. <laughs> yeah. Damn, Anamik, she's so strong. <laughs> and That's incredible effort because how old are you? You're still 19, right? Yeah, I was 19. You're 19? Yeah. Wow. That's an amazing effort. And did you do Brussels, Kern, Brussels the same weekend? You did both races, did you? Yeah, yeah, I did. And I had yeah, a crash amazing. in that one. And I crashed once and then I had two mechanicals. So I got to circuit and then I called it off. But then I saw one of my teammates, I mean, my a good friend of mine, Tenio, she did. She got second in the bunch. Oh, no, she got fourth in the bunch sprint. But I just thought, oh, my God, she's at the front. She's so strong. Um, It got me really motivated for the last one, which was Les Amines, if I'm not wrong. And how did you get on with that? Again, I got beaten by two minutes and 30 seconds. <laughs> she, I forget oh, yeah. her name, but she was a world champion before. Oh, my God, I'm terrible with names. I'm so sorry. But um, That's okay, with my teammate, uh, MG, I call her MG, Meg, from Canada, we were actually feeling really strong that day and we were moving in the bunch really well, which, you know, as a first year under 23 elite going, you're, it's like, you know, sending a boy that raced uh, juniors last year going to race against Peter Sagan the next year so that's kind of exactly. that's what in perspective that's what it's like so you yeah. never know like but the fact that you could run in the bunch right the fact that you feel like you're in year one sort of you know the first few races you're feeling comfortable you're moving around the peloton well clearly starting to feel like you belong there right quite right yeah well in a way i think i'm pretty harsh a little bit sometimes and i think all right i can move in the peloton i can like i can suffer through and get th- and try my best to finish the races, but I'm getting beaten yeah. by two and a half minutes. <laughs> Where? What do I have to do to, you know, like, do I really deserve to be here if I'm getting beaten twice by two and a half minutes? That's what I thought. And that's what I keep thinking. But on the other note, like, give, doing that, taking that huge step and, you know, dealing with the distances, the size of, this, of the bunch, and racing with these women that have so much experience and actually being with them in the same yeah. bunch, it kind of gives you a, a relief, like, oh, my God, I can do this. Like, <laughs> I can do it. All right. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> you kind of exactly. achieve that little goal. Then, yeah. Exactly. And then, obviously, it's all new for you. So that, that two and a half minutes you soon put into the equation, you know, race craft, more experience, just feeling more comfortable there. And that that time soon chips away and i'm sure you'll be right up there before you know it oh that's the plan anyway right yeah i know there's a lot of a lot of work to do but just yeah i got i got the feeling for three races until everything got cancelled and i didn't feel like i was in the wrong place i didn't feel like i i was i guess bad at riding bikes at that level so that 
yeah. kept me motivated this whole time. Super cool. So you, you say that, so obviously you had those three races, you, you were you know, clearly in Europe. And I, I mean, for me, myself, for everyone, I think sort of that beginning of March, everyone was like, okay, this is becoming a thing now. What, what was this? When did you know that things were going to, you know, races were going to start to be cancelled? And because actually, when was um, Paris-Nice? That was sort of, that was March as well. When when did you realise it? Did you make a, a beeline to get back to Melbourne or what was, how did things pan out for you? It was actually, everything happened so fast. That's what I feel. So I was in Switzerland. We got back from all these Belgium races. And yeah. well, the centre, all the coaches, everyone was just making sure that we were safe. So we, we yeah. did not get sick. Uh, we did talk how we felt every single day. So every single day, we will send a text saying we feel uh, this out of 10. And if you feel bad, you stay in your room. They send a doctor. It, it was, it worked like that. So when I saw all these process in, in place, I thought, all right. Um, like I did, I did, I did kind of know that I was going to get, get sent back home, but I didn't, I just needed someone to really, really tell me like you're going home. And then out of nowhere, my teammate from Canada, she told me I have to go on and, and um, it was, this was Monday and she comes and she tells me I have to go home. And then the, everyone was saying we have like, I have to go home. My country is calling me. I have to go home before they close the borders. And I was like, what? And what? Yeah. like, y- yeah. And then you see all the races canceled. We, we were going to do some uh, local races in France and Switzerland. And even those were getting canceled. So that's when I started getting the feeling okay, when are you guys, when, when is it going to happen? When, when am I supposed to pack? But it took a, a, it took a long time, I guess. The, the center did take the right decision to send us home. And I'm so grateful they did because, you know, you don't want to be stuck in Europe alone. No. Yeah. And you don't want to make, you know, Switzerland something that somewhere where you don't want to be there, if it makes sense. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And one yeah. day, I think it was a Saturday morning. They, the coach came and they were just, uh, he just said, this is for the safety of everyone. I tr- uh, thank you f- so much for trusting us and for being here. You you will be back for sure. Like he, that, that's something they say too. You will be back. But what matters now, it's your health. So they bought my tickets for Sunday, which it is just a Saturday morning. So they bought my tickets for, oh, wow, next day. for Sunday. Yeah, I think. And the flight was a day if I'm not a day and a half and it was just the most stressful weekend of my life and I didn't I didn't bring anything I mean like personal stuff I just brought kit my bike and a few pants and you know underwear and shoes back home I left everything yeah. there and yeah I came back it was the craziest trip ever like I didn't want to touch anything. I didn't want to eat. I didn't want to do anything. And yeah. I got really emotional too. So I was crying because I just thought, oh my God, like this is the end. Things like that. But once I got home and I saw my mom, I saw my little sister, uh, my cousins here too. I, I knew I knew it was the right decision. So yeah, when I got back, I texted the, sec- the secretary from the center and I just thank her for, you know, buying the ticket so soon and sending me back because it was the right decision well three months down the line it was definitely the right decision um, <laughs> yeah. how have you been coping what, what's uh how, how have you been continuing to train 
Is there any kind of, have you got any idea when things might open up again? What, what's your current state of play? Well, coming back to Australia, everything here seemed to be, or oh, I kind of feel like things were a little uh, under control in a way. There was yeah. a lot of, so there was a lockdown. I stayed home for two weeks. I did catch up when I finished my lockdown. Uh, I catch up with a few friends. You know, the whole talk is about the races being cancelled and training for a while and things like that. So I think that kind of like blew me off in a way. And I was driving outside, but I felt like I was wasting time. I thought, oh, why am I riding? And then in Chile, things started getting really, really bad. So I started taking yeah. the corona thing more more personally, uh, more personal. So every death, every people uh, affected by it, it kind of affected me in a way that I didn't know. Like, unconsciously, it was affecting me really bad, but I did not want to tell that to myself. But luckily, I have yeah. a great uh, bunch of people around me. So I make some calls and I told them, look, I don't, I feel like not riding. And they told me, look, you're not going to lose anything if you take a day off or a week off. You know, just grab your bike and just ride because you want to because you like it so that changed my perspective yeah. and then again when when i started feeling like that i was like i'm 19 if i lose this year if next if i lose this year in cycling it's okay because you love the sport and you're gonna be back doing it doesn't matter what just you know make sure everyone is Everyone in the world, not just, you know, my family or friends are fine. Just make sure everyone in the world is it's okay and, you know, it'll be okay. And be like, try to do your best to help in the things that you can. But then the things that you can control or you can uh, impact in a way, just don't let them go. But just you, be aware that that's all you can do. Just be aware that they exist. Yeah. And some things are out of your control, right? You can, can't control everything, which is which is hard when unprecedented times like this happen. So, so that. that that's where you're at at the moment. Are, are there any noises around races in in the autumn, uh, September, October? Or are you just sort of saying, okay, let's go again next year? Well, I did hear that the races are, um, I mean, sorry, racing is back in Europe. <laughs> so yeah, there's a totally. UCI yeah. women's calendar and then there's a lot of races in Spain and Belgium and Italy that are going to happen are going to take place in the in late July at the start of August and yeah. my teammate did I mean my team did want me does want me to go back to Europe so I'm doing the paperwork with the help of my mom and everyone at the center to get back this year so fantastic yeah we'll see I'm pretty excited already <laughs> like we're training I'm training and I'm I have the help of Cam which is uh the coach from Brunswick and you know when I told him hey you know I might get back for racing we're like oh okay let's go let's do it let's do these efforts let's go to the gym let's ride our bike so yeah now we're pretty full on that's brilliant well big shout out to Cam he sounds like he's been super helpful Oh yeah. <laughs> so beyond this year, I mean, the sky's the limit. What are your What are your ambitions in the sport? What What do you wanna What do you wanna do? What do you wanna What do you wanna achieve? And, and actually, given the fact that you've you've been so successful on the track and on the road, where do you feel your strengths are as a rider, and where, where do you see yourself ultimately being successful? To be honest, uh, at the time, I think I might not be, you know, a climber. I can climb, you know, 20Ks, but I can still do steep short climbs and things like that. Then I can do flats. I don't know. Like I 
I haven't really found the one place and maybe I don't have it. Maybe I just have to ride my bike everywhere. Just bring it on. I'll just take it how it comes. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, for the future, I want to be a professional cyclist. Uh, so, you know, make a living out of cycling. Yeah. And I want to represent my country at the Olympics, but not only represent it, just, you know, give a proper race at the Olympic Games and the world championships and just become just become you know that that Chilean that Chilean tick and then hopefully that will help girls maybe not from Chile but from South America or from any place that they feel like their country is too small to be a part of the big stage to take a chance and you know step up yeah, and yeah. I, I think that having role models is such an important thing for the growth of the sport for, yeah, for, well, within the junior ranks right yeah I have great role models and they're so close to me as well that again I'm so lucky and fortunate to actually have them around me so I hope one day I become one and be able to, you know, have an image of myself where I can actually motivate people to get on the bike. And if not, it doesn't have to be international. It doesn't have to be world tour. If as long as you know you want to ride your bike, if, if, especially if you're if you're part of a small country such as like Chile, you know, don't just make make sure people don't. I mean, make people feel like they're safe. Like sport is especially cycling is something that they can do and they can be part of in the world stage so yeah yeah and it's just a great pastime for anyone so hopefully that and you seem to enjoy it so much as well the videos i've seen of you and obviously we met briefly in harrogate you always seem to have a smile on your face and just love to be doing what you're doing so that's pretty inspiring as well yeah well, i do love the sport i love it it just i think at the at, just at this at this short age it has given me so much from friendships to you know crying and all these emotions and opportunities and traveling around the world and meeting all these people. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, so it's just, yeah, it's something that I don't want to give up now. And I hope I don't want to give up at any point. It doesn't matter how hard it gets. I just, you know, want to enjoy it and see where it takes me. Yeah, exactly. Well, we we very much look forward to following your progress. I mean, I think from the conversation we've had today, if we look at sort of growing the sport or growing the sport for everyone, really, I think family support has clearly been huge for you, right? It's been having that sort of strong family support and encouragement has been huge. And then having the competition, good club with Brunswick in Australia and, and good junior competition in Australia has been so important and helped with that success as well. All these little things are, are so key for the development of of athletes right would you agree with that yeah i agree with that totally 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 yeah. totally totally well look thank you so much for taking the time to sit and chat with us we really hope you manage to get back racing in the next couple of months and um we'd love to get you back on and maybe have a chat to see how how things are going towards the end of this year and then back into next year we'd love to follow your progress and wish you all the very best with all the racing to come we're sure that you're gonna continue to attack and break <laughs> away and you seem to have a lot of determination so we we look forward to you lighting up races and over the next few years and following you on that journey oh yeah thank you i'm super keen to get back to racing and hopefully you know show the best of my cycling abilities in the world stage <laughs> but yeah thank you so much for having me it was awesome to be part of this oh it's great it's great to hear your story i hope it's an inspiring one and i'm sure people enjoy it so thanks so much for taking the time and we'll, we'll catch up very soon yeah yeah thank you hopefully i'll see you soon around <laughs> we'll see you when you get back to europe yeah cool thank you thanks catalina take care thank you bye bye thanks for listening please subscribe to the podcast And more importantly, don't forget to download the Unfound app and join cyclists from around the world on the hub. We'll see you on there.